You're listening to the HR Happy Hour Show with hosts Steve Bowes and Trish McFarlane. Since 2009, the HR Happy Hour Show has been bringing you thought leaders, workplace and technology experts, academics, and more to take on the most important and interesting topics impacting work, human resources, technology, and the workplace. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net. Hey, welcome to the HR Happy Hour Show. My name is Steve Bowes. I am excited for this week's HR Happy Hour Show. It's HR Happy Hour 249, live from Higherview Digital Disruption 2016 in beautiful Park City, Utah. And I apologize in advance if I seem out of breath on this show. The thin air has got me reeling, Mark Newman, sitting next to me. And I'll introduce you formally in a second. I've been here three times now to Park City for Higherview events. And I never get, well, I guess once a year you can't get used to it. I'm like out of breath everywhere I go. But it is probably the prettiest venue on the HR circuit that I hit every year. So it's fantastic to be here at Higherview Digital Disruption. A quick note, Madeline Arano, special guest host, hopefully on her way. There was a mix-up in uh, time zones with the calendar appointment, so hopefully she's on her way to join us soon. And Trish McFarlane at home on assignment. We'll see her next time on the HR Happy Hour Show, so shout out to Trish. Last thing, special thanks to our sponsor, Virgin Pulse. Virgin Pulse designs technology that cultivates good lifestyle habits for your employees, configured to complement your culture, their technology, and the overall well-being experience that they deliver drives superior outcomes for your people and your business. Learn more at www.virginpulse.com. And many thanks to uh, those guys. Other updates, some great events coming up. The Infor event, which is exciting, I'll be at soon in July. And the Ceridian event, which I'll be doing a special live HR Happy Hour show. Really live. More live than us. We're live together in person. We're going to do a real live one on the stage and beam that out to like the world. Maybe next year at Digital Disruption, we, we can do that here. We that would be fun. So, sure. uh, without further ado, let me welcome my guest, very special guest, Mark Newman, founder and CEO of HireView. Mark first introduced the world to on demand interviews, improving the way companies build and coach their teams, and helping candidates tell their stories anywhere, anytime. Today, HireView's team acceleration technologies at work in more than 180 countries, more than 500 organizations, and I think it's more than that. That's maybe a little bit dated copy I have here, but they service everyone from emerging growth companies to at least 26 and maybe more of the Fortune 100. Uh, Mark is a fantastic uh, guy, great to have, great host at Hyrie Digital Disruption. I'm not going to read the rest of this, Mark. It goes on and on forever. Please welcome Mark Newman. Mark, how are you? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for coming out to the mile and a half high Steiner's yeah. for digital disruption. Boy, do you know, you think I think I'm in reasonably decent shape. I exercise a little. I'm not, you know, I'm not infirm. I don't think I'm overweight. It kills me up here. Our, our conference keeps growing, and so we literally have now taken over. There's four built. There's four hotels on the top of this mountain. Okay, we've taken over three of them. We're gonna have to take over the fourth next year. And sometimes, if you have to go between them, <laughs> yeah, which I just did, yeah, you are, it's a, it's a little rougher than you initially imagined. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so beautiful. Uh, check out the photos on, it, especially on Instagram. Hireview uh, does a great job of sharing, not just from the event, but all year long. They have, uh, they have one of the really cool Instagram accounts. Just as an aside, which I follow all the time. <laughs> so, Mark, uh, for folks who may not know, Hireview's been around a little while, but maybe give us I don't know the couple minute 
Get us up to speed on Hireview. Sort of, you told it kind of an interesting way yesterday in your keynote, but tell us a little bit about Hireview and, and where we're at right now. Yeah, perfect. Well, so Hireview, we're based in Salt Lake City, Utah. And frankly, that's why we have our event here in Utah. Um, sure. All of us end up in, in, in Vegas and New York and San Francisco many times a year, um, but we wanted to celebrate Utah because we think Utah is a great state and a great place to build a company, and here's where we are. So I started Hireview uh, coming out of college in oh. 2004. Um, I was actually 20 years old at the time. So my life is kind of three decades. Um, first decade, moved here when I was uh, 10 from Canada. At 20, I started Hireview, and now I'm 32 and been working on Hireview every single day of my life since then. And we started coming out of school. Originally, uh, my co-founder and I needed internship credit to graduate from college. Okay. And one of our professors was a former head of HR, and we convinced him that we should be able to start a business instead of working for a company. All right. And okay. so Hireview got me graduated, uh, 16, <laughs> 16 <laughs> credit hours. Um, but then the first five years, this idea of, hey, take job interviews through webcams and all this element, I mean, all it meant was we were shipping lots of webcams every single day. I was living at my parents' house. We was sometimes just me. And uh, yeah, running running down to the FedEx is that part of the story? Yeah, running down to Kingston, yeah. shipping webcams every day. Um, but we did interviews in you know a hundred countries before we did them in all fifty states. We worked for oil companies, and mining companies, and international um, development organizations, and whatever. But you know, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, when it seemed like everything that could go wrong in the economy was going wrong, um, a lot of things started going right for higher view. Okay, uh, maybe it was just because. You know, people started having to rethink on how to do things differently. Um, so 2009 was the first year, um, you know, we sold over a million dollars in business and we had, you know, five people on our team and today we have 200 people on wow. our team. Um, we'll be, you know, 40 million or more in business this year as we're growing. We're doing multiple millions of interviews and sessions and able to invent new things. So yeah. um, it's frankly surreal where we are now. Yeah, and, and it makes some sense as well. Even though where things might have been a little bit tough in the hiring world, uh, at least an early part of the value proposition for digital interviewing right. or just remote interviewing over webcams or right. video was cost savings. Yeah, it was right? basic. Like, yeah. save money instead of flying people in. Um, and then now, you know, with the scale that we're at, we realized, you know, we bring structure to interviewing, and structured interviews are a great way to hire people, and work samples are a great way to hire people, and people crave feedback. Let's do that with coaching and doing that through video, and everything we do is about hitting scale, solving a volume problem, and really driving awesome results inside of our organizations. And over time, right, there's a lot more to the story than, right, um, uh, just the digital interview, right? That maybe was the... The foundation. The, the, the meat and potatoes. Yeah. But some of the things you're involved in, maybe we'll just talk about yeah, a couple of these other things sure. real quick, and then we'll get into some interesting things from your keynote yeah. I want to talk about. But maybe talk a little bit about sort of where you've gone, because I, I don't want folks listening to this who may not be completely familiar with HireView to think, well, you know, digital interviewing, video interviewing, because there's a lot of that out there mm -hmm. now, and it seems a little bit, but th there's more to the story than that. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. The, Everything we do, the whole reason, our purpose and mission and why we do what we do every single day is all focused on enabling people to tell their story and demonstrate their ability to work, right? We, we think the world of people being profiles or resumes or numbers or metrics or whatever it is should be over because we've crossed the technology divide around mobile, around you know, yeah. enablement of people with technology. So let's use it for good. Um, and you know, by using it for good, it's empowering and it helps people be who they are. And we kind of believe that if someone's going to make a talent decision, that indiv the, the, the individual who they're making the talent decision about should be able to be their own advocate, right? And tell sure. you know, and, and right. say what they do. Now, if you think about what we've recorded over the course of getting 
uh, 40, 50 million interview res responses to interview questions you know, right, over the right. last number of years through video. Like, imagine now you've recorded everything and what you can learn from it. Yeah. Like we have the text, the language, the words, the video behind it. And we, we, have, we were the first in the space to really go very, very big with deep learning and machine learning mm -hmm. around what you have, how you can analyze everything. Because traditional, you know, the perception of data science and HR is usually like, well, here's who we hired and here's who we turned over. And is there a relation to zip code around where, right. you know, where yeah. people are? Yeah. Here's some resumes and let's do some resume parsing and let's try to, you know, figure this stuff out. Ours is, you know, here's what the person said. Here's what the person did. Here's the micro expressions that they were demonstrating and how that connects and how that models against your top performers and how to sure. drive these highly predictive models around what is awesome in your organization and then hire people that way in the first place. Yeah. And, 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 by doing that, right, two things, hopefully, maybe more than two things, but I can think of two things, hopefully, that happen. One is you have better outcomes, mm -hmm. right? You just by applying the science, applying the machine learning, applying the learning from the volume over time and the ability to, to always have it on hand, mm -hmm. right, and to get better at it. And then secondly is to speed the process up, too, yeah. right? And, and you talked about that a little bit yesterday as well. And, and then finally, uh, there's another element that you guys talked about yesterday I thought was really interesting, kind of maybe part of a larger story about, like... This is a little bit of a side. I read this morning the woman who's in charge of Facebook okay. in Europe sort of said something along the lines of, you know, pretty sure, pretty soon it's possible Facebook won't have any text or hardly any. Yeah. It's all going to be video, right? Because that's what people want. That's what they want to. They want to consume it, but not only that, they want to tell their story yeah. via video. It's just such a, and for many people, I'm not sure I'm one of those people. I think I have more of a face for radio, but um, video, like, and so where you guys are going in the human capital space and the town space with video, I find really interesting. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing around coaching yeah. and, and how video plays a role in that. Definitely. And, you know, in terms of that, that, that sentiment, <laughs> we, we've, we've started with, okay, so if you want to do everything with video, you only have 24 hours in the day to consume said video. Whereas you can read about 10 hours of thoughts on a page of somebody put into some, writing something thoughtful. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, and yeah. to kind of go into it. And so how do we speed up the consumption of that video, right? You know, and, and we have all sorts of tricks and trades behind that. But, you know, for, co for the, the next logical, for, well, coaching started as a passion project internally at Hire View. Was, and it was because we grew really fast. We went from, frankly, 20 people to 200 in almost in two years. Right. You know, and the, the main pain behind that was... Is everybody aligned on message? Do we know what we're actually talking about? We are an evangelical, passionate sale and organization, and are people aligned? Do people know how to deliver an amazing experience for our customers? Do we know the stories, the studies, you name it? And so we were using our own platform for it. Now, it was an off-label use, right? It wasn't the most appropriate, you know, it, right. it was one-time use for a person you had to keep inviting and there wasn't like a good architecture on there. Right. But then next thing you know, we're talking to our customers because we do hundreds of thousands of hires every year, and it's like, hey, if you're hiring people that are customer-facing, what about using it like this? And the response was just like maniacal. You know, it was like, of course we're going to use this. Yeah. And so over the last two years, we've built out an entire coaching platform for HireView. So HireView, the way we look at our business evolving is we build and coach the world's best teams. And we do all of that with predictive analytics and data underneath it all. And the coaching model is that it is simple. You put so many people through training. Mm -hmm. You never can truly assess, did it stick? And on, on top of that, you can never glean the insights of all the individuals on your team and like what's the what's awesome you know yeah. how they answer this or position that or whatever it's totally unscalable you know you do your weekly calls you do your check-ins you do your ride-alongs you know whatever but there's nothing that actually captures it and so we've built the first 
video coaching platform where it's all on demand. An individual goes into the process on their own time. They sure. can be handling, they can be practicing through objection handling, storytelling, whatever they exist, you know, whatever the case might be. All of that gets recorded across your team. The best answers get shared across your team. You on board faster as a result of it. You align your team faster. You bring out new products. You roll it out that way. And it took us years mm-hmm. to kind of see the adoption in that we that, on the build side, on the recruiting side, that we're seeing in coaching months. Yeah, it, it seemed like such a such a simple and, and very awesome thing about it was uh, unlike lots of training, right, which is sort of centralized, top down. Much of it's very structured, and, and depending on the industry. But this seemed very almost organic. Like it, you could uh, uh, empower people to share what they know, share what they they figured out, share their best, and then everyone else is empowered to kind of share what they felt has been the most valuable things to them about dealing with a situation, or dealing with a customer objection, or dealing with I don't know, just whatever whatever's important in your business, and all done through this simple video platform. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, deploying training will increase your productivity twenty percent. Yeah. But deploying training and coaching and, commit and develop building other coaching culture, you have an eighty percent increase, and that's been validated through hundreds of you know through hundreds yeah. of research studies over and over again. And so, just like solving the problem on recruiting, where interviewing was terrible inside of organizations, let's solve it for coaching. Yeah. So I, I think you guys are, are sitting on top of like something really potentially incredible right now because you're, you're hitting both those two things at the same time. Video, like which seemingly is taking over everything, right? Like that, that Facebook example I just gave. And then this need for uh, organizations to get better at uh, uh, to get better at coaching because coaching is replacing performance management. I go, you guys aren't really in the performance management space, but that's what's happening, right? Yeah. Performance management is disappearing from lots and lots of big organizations. We have like two or three sessions at HR Tech coming up there about that subject alone, right? Performance management's different. And we've, what is moving and, to coaching, and, 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 right? And, and, and we have a few tricks up our sleeve yeah. that uh, yeah, maybe should shake the trees a little bit in that in that space. We have to keep inventing something. Interesting. <laughs> hey, quick, quick reset. Uh, my name's Steve Bowes. I'm with Mark Newman, CEO and founder of HireView. We're at HireView Digital Disruption in Park City. This is not even what I wanted to talk about, but so we're, we're going to try to talk about a couple of things you talked about in your keynote yesterday, <laughs> which I thought were fascinating. And so I'm, I'm and I, because, and I'm also, I, I will admit to, I sort of like things I agree with, right? I'm just biased that way. <laughs> and so there's a few things you said, yeah, I've been saying that too, and I agree. So you hit in your keynote yesterday, which is the best part of it for me, I thought. Well, the product stuff was cool later on, but the stuff that you were talking about was the three biggest lies in sort of talent, right? Recruiting slash talent, right? The three biggest lies. I'm going to read the three biggest lies, and I want to talk a little bit about each one because we have just enough time to do that, I think. The first big lie, we need, in capital letters, more candidates. Hiring managers coming back to recruiters and talent acquisition pros saying, just give me more people. I need more resumes, more resumes, more video interviews, whatever it is you need. That's lie number one. Lie number two, Millennials don't want to stay in one company very long. Probably not true either, but we're talking about that. And then the third one, which I thought was really fascinating, it's on the new war for talent, or maybe the never-ending war for talent. It's really on, and you have a good take on that as well. So let's break these down real quick, one, two, and three. First off, what's, why is we need more candidates, generally speaking, a lie, in your opinion, Mark? So my, that's one of my favorites, because they'll also, the managers will also say, and I want to find that needle in the haystack. So, you know, first thing we're going to do is add more hay, right? Like, you know, I love that, let's yeah. Let's add more hay. Let's yeah. pile this up. Let's, you know, and, and, our, and, our, and when you think about your typical role, you, you know, on average you have 250 applicants for a role, yet you only consider six or ten. 
Yeah. And so, do you really need 400 applicants if you're just going to consider six or ten? Right. That, that six or ten number doesn't really change, it, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay. We need to figure out how we glean more insight from the 250 that are already there. Yeah. Because, and, and if you think there's only one needle in that haystack, you're lying to yourself. There are hundreds of potential needles in that haystack. And so, you don't need more hay. You need this wonderful, powerful electromagnet to suck out all the needles right. and, and do that. And so, you know, our approach and, and where we're seeing our clients go is this idea of let's truly get to know everybody. If we okay. can break down the barriers of getting to know people, let's do it with video. Let's yeah. do it with on mail. Let's do it with predictive analytics. If we can break down those barriers and get to know everybody, we'll find out that number 117 is incredible. Yeah. And maybe it's not even for that job, but it's for the other job we have open as well. And that's kind of where we look at it. Is companies don't need more applicants. If you can't find your 70,000 hires and 3 million applicants, you're not going to find your 70,000 hires and 4 million applicants. Yeah. You're going to find them in that 3 million. And I think some of that's a mindset shift too, yeah. right? And I think that's, a, that's probably one of the, the bigger challenges for talent acquisition pros today is convincing Mr. or Ms. Hiring Manager that the answer really isn't more resumes or whatever, right, well, for you to look well, at. Well, there's $10 billion in yeah. revenue from vendors that are telling you not to do that. <laughs> to find more applicants. Yeah. <laughs> well, right, and, and maybe this is a bit another discussion, but, but so much of what's gone, gone on in, in, in HR tech, in talent acquisition space, especially at the high end, right, is, is, is developing technologies to enable these processing loads of these massive amounts of applications and massive amounts of resumes and you know and some of it I get right really high volume hiring retail and other applications that that might be hiring 25,000 people a year yes you're, you might have a million applications it's not but if we're focusing only on how to make processes more efficient we're probably not solving the problem of right, right you, you, getting as, to that right person as a recruiter or hiring manager you don't have more time in the day so it's not like you're going to be able to go and meet more people so you're going to need to use technology to do it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely love that one. I love the idea of like, hey, let's not throw more hay on the pile. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not, I wrote that one down for sure. So, all right, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go to the next one, right? Millennials, right, who everybody's been worried about for years and years and now are the biggest generation, right, in America and in the workforce. Or are they taking over the workforce? Probably now, right? Yeah. The largest cohort in the workforce. Or, or if not, we'll be very soon. Every week it's the end of the week. But, they, yeah. but we, we hear that they don't want to stay with your company very long or any company. Yeah. So why is that a lie, Mark, in your opinion? Yeah. Nobody actually wants to quit jobs and quit companies, right? If you think about, like, how you operate and live your life, you're not like, I'm going to leave this place in a year and a half and start <laughs> back over someplace else. But the fact remains, though, is that you will if you're not challenged, if you're not growing, and if you don't have new experiences. That's no different than any other generation in the workforce in the history of modern business. In post-war America, when everyone came back from fighting in Europe and, mm -hmm. and, and across Asia, um, came back and was like, wow, there's all these um, interviews from you know, the generals of, and leading federal organizations and various things saying, you know what, we have a problem on our hands with the new workforce. They're like, we need, you know, in post-war America, there aren't battlefield promotions, there isn't rapid right. feedback, there isn't all these kind of various elements, and people need a commitment to mission, they need to grow, they need to get feedback, and they need to be able to take care of their families. That was 70 years ago. It's no different in the millennials' right. generation today. So our approach is, there's just millennials, which are today, there's senior millennials, which was Gen S, <laughs> and there's grand millennials, which were the baby boomers, and because we're all the same. I like that, yeah. Everyone wants to be challenged, so to keep millennials in your organization, it's not about having new jobs and promotions and whatever, it's about creating new experiences. And if you create new experiences, you'll have team members for life. Yeah, I, I, I think that's really a good point, Mark. And I also think that, that 
the, the thing I talk about some, and I know we talked about it recently on, on, on a recent show I did with Trish, is it's kind of differentiated experiences as well. Totally. And, and we had a little bit of an argument on it on the show about sort of life stages and generations mm-hmm. and like that, but I think Trish's point she made on the show, and I think you're making too, is if you're crafting the right experiences, those would, um, they're going to help you across no matter who, right, you're dealing with, right? Oh, completely. Well, you, you, you listened to the session yesterday with Jim Cochran, who yep. had a recruiter for J.P. Morgan. He's been at J.P. Morgan for 28 years, and people are like, oh, that's not what it's like. Well, no, he's been in like 13 different jobs across the organization in 28 years. Everything from branch relations to product management to marketing to consumer to all these kind of different experiences. Right. And then that all culminated into, like, Jim, you have the management values, the operating values, and frankly, the DNA that you know where all the dead bodies are. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Now we want you to help build the firm of the future, come in and be head of recruiting. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was very fascinating. And maybe that's a good kind of a telling point for HR and, and talent acquisition professionals as well. It's like, it, it's that multi... That, Multiplicity? I think that's a word. Those multiple experiences that he had positioned him really well to lead global recruiting for the biggest bank in the world, maybe, right? Uh, And I think it's a good point as well for folks who who might be in HR leadership roles today as well as like... Actually heard some of this. I went to a session yesterday that was uh, delivered by uh, IBM Dyke Debris about recruitment marketing, and he talked about the some of the newer skills that are coming into HR and into talent acquisition to sort of uh, help right mm-hmm. talent acquisition professionals in this whole world like recruitment is marketing and and you know bringing in folks from advertising, bringing in folks oh, yeah. from PR, bringing in folks uh, from design, from graphic your, designers, from your analyst team, from your list, yeah. You know that? Oh yeah. So I think that's all a good point around sort of like thinking about this as an overall experience and crafting a sort of a path or a story for someone in the organization, whether it's an HR talent acquisition story, whether it's some other kind of story, right? Yeah. And the other part of the organization that that it doesn't really um, it doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't it, matter where you came yeah. from. It matters about what you want to build and what you want to do and how you want to run it. So I think you know I don't know. I guess between the last show I argued I argued with Trish and this conversation, I'm probably I, I feel like I'm losing the argument for my initial position, but I feel like I'm more enlightened because right? I think because <laughs> I think you both are right and I'm probably wrong on this. So. Um, uh, I guess I'll have to eat well, crow well, on that. Well, think about your own personal career. Yeah, all right, I'll try. Let me think about that. All right. Well, so did you imagine 10 years ago you'd be doing shows like this? I, I had no idea. Did you tech show? Did you, like, yeah. Think about the multiple multitude of experiences you've had in your career. And yeah. if you didn't have that, you'd be bored and you would leave the company that you were in. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> and so let's do the same I, thing. I, for the next I'll tell you. We're gonna, yeah, you asked ask me about personal. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll share this anecdote. Absolutely. So the reason I sort of am doing this kind of stuff now was absolutely because I was kind of bored in the yeah. job I had. Because yeah. it was kind of an, it was an operations job, yeah. you know, running the, keeping the trains running on time kind of job at a place that wasn't really conducive to a lot of change, wasn't growing too much. Just, mm-hmm. you know, it was that kind of a job. And so I started to, uh, I started to teach and I started to blog. And although all all those things and 50 other things in between are what have me sitting here right now. Sure. Right. So yeah, that's a super point. I never thought of that. I'm going to remember that for next time. So um, hey, one more, Mark. We have, yeah. a little, we have time for the third biggest lie. Perfect. The third biggest lie. The war for talent, it's on. That's all we hear. And I've written about this too. I, I, I focus on the demographic side of this argument a little bit. So I, and macro demographics, right? And one of the things I wrote about just recently, the, the na- na- national average Time to fill. Mm-hmm. It's measured by a couple of organizations. They've been doing it about 15, 18 years. All-time high, 29.6 business days. Time to fill. The average job yeah. in the average country in America, all-time high. So you can't find people. Wages, wage pressure is going up a little bit. That's, that's happened in the last couple of uh, uh, jobs reports. 
War for Talent is on. You say maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. Because or maybe it's our own fault. It, yes. I, we actually completely believe that the War for Talent is self-induced. So 29.6 business days. So six weeks of a person's life. Yeah. Six weeks is an eternity. Uh, that is a long time to be waiting. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Like, so if you think about like, oh yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to start something in six weeks. You're like... What? <laughs> you know, like, and, and so, and we know six weeks encompasses the retail all the way up to, you know, like we, on a routine basis, we come across organizations that it's eight weeks, 110 weeks, sure. 12 weeks, and whatever. And so we kind of subscribe to this idea of like, it's the balance of the time to expire versus the time to hire. Okay. So if, if you believe that the people you want to bring into your organization are off the market quickly, why do you surrender to the status quo and belief that, you know, well, it's six weeks. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to take six weeks. It's like, no, because if you do that, yeah, the war for talent's on because you keep losing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, you're, you're not hiring thrivers. You're hiring survivors right. at that point. Like, literally, right. you're hiring the survivors that made it through your I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fight my way through this long process yes. and be patient and be... And, I'm, not, and, and yeah. I'm a middle career professional where, guess what? $1,000 or $2,000 a week is a lot. And... I'm gonna not be. Uh, I'm gonna be out of work first. Oh yeah, three that's... weeks while I do this. No, I'm gonna raise my hand and take the next job because guess what? I need to do it. And so we're seeing, especially on like the first, second, and third career professionals, kind of early stage career. Like I, we we actually are moving away from the term like campus graduate. No, first, second, third career gotcha. professionals. Gotcha. Right. Because you kind of see it. That organizations are saying, you know what? It's all about speed because we can train them, we can teach them, we can develop them, we want to understand the attributes, we want to move faster. And we're seeing groups like Hilton Worldwide where it used to take that six weeks for entry-level sales roles okay. where they're like, you know what? We know the attributes, we know the performance metrics, we're not going to wait for resumes, resume windows to close, but then we're going to consider who does an assessment, then we're going to do a phone screen, then we're going to do this. It's like, yeah, of course you're losing, right? Yeah. It's like, let's take a digital interview, let's throw an assessment inside of that immediately with predictive analytics. Based on this, automatically schedule the next available recruiter and close them. And they've taken it to seven days, and I'm telling you, they are winning. <laughs> yeah, so that example that, that was given in the, in the keynote yesterday, the 42 days on seven days, so that's the example right. we're talking about. So, so some of this is certainly technology, right? right. And you're working with companies, and you're, you're supporting them with these um, modern technology solutions right. to help them do, to, to uh, get smarter, get faster, get better, right? Have better outcomes. So there's certainly a technology story for here, sure. right? For sure. How much of it as a process story is there? So I got to imagine when you walk with big companies like Hilton or J.P. Morgan or some of the other ones, like, I mean... Well, yeah, I mean, the process has ended with two steps. It was eight steps, right? And so, you know, and, 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 eight, and eight steps, you go... I mean, one of, one of the worst ones is, okay, we're posting this job. We're going to close the posting time, PR time period of this job two weeks from now. Okay. But, so what if someone applies on the first day? What are you going to do with them? Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? So you're like, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we have to do a resume screen, and so we have to wait till the end so we can consider everyone's resumes. Right. And so by waiting to the end, guess what? The person that applied on that first or second day might already be gone, right? Because yeah, that's have, a super point. They anything for two weeks. And so there's, not, there's steps in the process, and then there's bloat in the process. Right, yeah. and so um, the blow in the process is like waiting until you get all the resumes, and then making a decision from there, doing a resume screen, and then moving forward from there. Okay, well, managers take two weeks to get back to you around when they're available because they're on the road. Okay, well, that's another two weeks, and then yeah. you know we kind of go down this whole this whole path. And so um, every organization has that process, and in general, it's uh, it's bloat from the process, and then it's tim- like almost a level of uh, timidity. Like you just you want to get more people involved so that it's a safe decision, the one that you make. 
Yeah, I, 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 right, right. Because no one wants, well, let's say that, but it, often you see, I, I, no one wants to be the, well, who hired that person? Who yeah, got that man? Who takes, signed off on that? Everyone takes yeah. credit for great hires and everyone advocates on bad hires. And so we're like, well, let's make sure you can't make a bad decision yeah. and then we'll rock and roll. Yeah, I, I think I remember uh, in, in, in a prior life, the life I got bored in, yeah. I remember uh, uh, configuring, uh, helping to configure a process whereby uh, a rec, just to post a rec, just to start soliciting resumes, required uh, 13 different approvers yeah. inside the organization. And the funny thing was, like, we had a really powerful technology. We had a powerful ERP, a powerful yeah. system, and it was very flexible, and we were pretty good at and it. And it was work. fantastic on managing approvals. And we, and so, but the technology enabled our bad decision-making. Totally. So I, I, think, I think there's something to be said for, like, that marriage of, you know, technology enabling and supporting better decision-making and better and more efficient processes. Like, like you know, you guys are not quite in the rec approval business, I don't no. think, but but if you were, you know, in, in company X, and that's a, I guess that's a greater problem as well, right? Com- big company X comes to that that provider and says, hey, you know, we need 17 people to approve this offer letter before it yeah. goes out. Most tech companies will say, okay, well, either, either we do that already or we'll build that for you right. at the same time. But ultimately, it doesn't benefit either one of them because sometime down the road, at least – the offer letter process and the outcomes from that will never get any better. No, right? for sure. Yeah. I mean, our, our, you have a lot of organizations with the personality and mentality that say, here's our process, you fit in it. Yeah. And, you know, after going through three generations of HR technology, where fitting to the process versus reshaping the process um, has got us to where we are today, we're seeing this kind of this crack and this theme in the market where people are saying, you know, we figured out we don't know everything. <laughs> yeah. So so who's doing it the best and how are they doing it? And let's think first, it's kind of this idea of taking design thinking mm-hmm. into the recruiting experience of let's start with experience first. And if we want to build the perfect experience, the perfect experience right. is one interview with one candidate making one hire. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like if, That's... We, if we literally got down to that part of it, right? That's the perfect experience. Right. Like either we can source that person perfectly or yeah. we already we, know them. We know the perfect right? person we, for the perfect oh, role. Yeah. And we had one person meet them and made the perfect decision, right? And so, and it's an experience that everyone loves. So let's start with that and then kind of figure out I, how we want to operate. All right. We're, we are out of time. We, I know you have somewhere to be, but I have to ask you one more thing. Okay. We had a couple of future, we're going to have time for my last two questions, but here's the last one. I heard a couple times this vision or this, this out there, you alluded to just now, kind of no-touch hiring. Mm-hmm. Is, is that a vision we could ever get to? Like, really and truly, no person-to-person kind of interaction and, and get from interest in the job to hire without touching, if you will. I mean, it's, it's already here in certain segments. It's, it's, I mean, in the entire gig economy, that's no-touch hiring. That's the point. For all intents and purposes, that is no-touch hiring. Um, you might want to validate that they don't have a tattoo on their forehead before they go and like to <laughs> your house or, or you know pick up your kids. Right, but right, right. That is in a sense no touch hiring, and um, and that's just going to start creeping into other places. We're seeing a lot of what we call manager led hiring, where you know recruiting facilitates the vision of the process. We sort, we set up the brand, we distribute the jobs, we get the applicants in. 
but we let's let's figure out the the tools, a higher view assessment, different things like right. that. That then deliver a slate to the manager, and the manager gets four choices, and they pick one, and they hire them. Yeah, right. And so we're seeing that already, where that the fable, like, because the, the the dream for a recruiter is becoming a talent advisor. It's not becoming an admin, right? Right. Like, right. Scheduling interviews and doing all that part of it. And so the the actualized talent advisor is really someone that is like, I facilitate the process. I don't touch the process. Right. And I coach you through the and process, and I help you make the best and, and in the process. It, you know, yeah. yeah. It's actually not to be yeah. being in control of it. And so I think we're going to get there, and we're going to get there pretty quickly. I, I, I think that's where it's going to. And I think that's really what's really probably the most interesting about not only what you guys are doing, but what's happening overall in the space. Yeah. So, Mark, I know we're out of time. First of all, thank you for hosting us at the Higher View Digital Disruption. Thanks for having the HR Happy Hour here. Um, Madeline, uh, sorry we missed you. That's my fault. Trish, we'll see you soon next time on the show. Thanks uh, to our friends at Virgin Pulse. Um, check them out, virginpulse.com. And, of course, Higher View. HireVue.com, and that's H-I-R-E-V-U-E.com. Loads of great information there, loads of great insights, loads of great resources, and learn more about what's happening at HireVue. Really, one of the most amazing stories in the HR tech space in the last uh, decade. Is that fair to say? Decade? Whatever you want to say. I'm saying I'm, it. It's I'm my bl- show. I'm bl- I'm bl- I'm bl- I could say it. So. Mark Newman, thank you so much. Great thank to see you. you again. And uh, that's it from the HR Happy Hour show. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour show your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.